Hello, and welcome to another episode of Copper Bottomed, the genuine and trustworthy look at the copper market. Uh, these are my observations for the week starting the 23rd of October 2023. Just as a kind of a review, um, two weeks ago I spoke that about the kind of the ongoing uh, dearth of new production and the shortage in the copper market from years 2027 20, onwards with all the big cheeses saying that um, there aren't enough copper projects in development. Last week, I reported the uh, International Copper Group, uh, International Copper Study Group observation that next year, 2024, there would be 467,000 tonnes of surplus. So prediction for a softer market. And just I just want to kind of reiterate that copper output often underdelivers. And we've had a little bit, bit of that uh, this week in that uh, we've two companies, both tech, uh, tech resources and Anglo-American, uh, have lowered their 2023 copper production guidance. And look, we're in October now, and there's not much left of the year, and they are coming and saying, actually, we're not going to meet our targets. In the case of um, Anglo-American, they have got uh, this new mine in, in Peru, um, Echo coming on, which is kind of um, uh, 420,000 tonnes up to almost 600,000 tons um, in the first nine months of 2023. So yes, there's growth coming through, but their overall forecast, they were quite recently forecasting 840 to 930,000 tons. And they've lowered that to um, 830 to possibly only 870,000 tons. So kind of a 60,000 ton shortfall right there. And remember that next year, the forecast surplus was 460,000 tons. And so that's already down to a surplus of 400,000 tons. It's still a surplus, but these companies really struggle to deliver. And quite often in copper, you get this underperformance. And so you look at tech over here. Um, it's not as, the cut isn't as big, but you know it's in shaving off another 10,000 tons. Um, these incremental um, difficulties on producing as much copper as the market needs or as, as much copper as these companies want. And I repeat that this is very much down to the maturity of the copper market. These are tired assets. These are uh, obviously not the new mines coming on board, but a lot of the assets are tired and it's really hard to get the, the growth going and to keep the, the economics right to uh, give that growth. What else did I pick up in the kind of the, the market news? Um, not much happening out there in the copper space. Um, Although the the copper price is holding pretty steady, it's actually three sixty. Um, it's kind of flirted with three fifty seven, three fifty eight, three fifty nine dollars a pound. But it's um, today it's up back up at three sixty dollars a pound, or just under. Um, and it's interesting to see that um, Pan Global Resources, this uh, a junior explorer, Canadian listed company, uh, exploring in southern Spain, um, they went out to raise two million dollars in the terrible uh, third quarter market that we've had. And they've increased it to $6 million. I think it is a mixture of um, kind of modest ambition in a terrible market and then pleasant surprise that actually there are strategics and people that are interested in the kind of work that they're doing. Um, Tim Moody's Class Act uh, and the project, Escasena project in southern Spain is... Um, is encouraging. It's giving lots of encouraging data. Um, it's not kind of um, a rip-roaring kind of mega discovery yet, but there's lots and lots of good indications. And I think that's pretty much why um, they've got the 
the, the follow-on interest. Right, so that's enough of the macro. Um, moving on to the reporting and the and the expiration results. I just want to take a step back and look at the ground rules for reporting and also for investors. So the guidelines on this are incredibly clear. The Toronto Stock Exchange, in their handbook on the disclosure standards for companies engaged in uh, mineral exploration, development and production, when you are reporting preliminary results, it says in black and white, results of exploration for a polymetallic property must not be reported in metal equivalents prior to disclosing resources or reserves, and then only in limited circumstances, as set out in NI 43101 and the CIM standards on mineral resources and reserves. And so, I've, and then I went on to that, and it talks about, um, the first time it talks about equivalent values or metal equivalents is in item 14 on mineral resource estimates, the technical report disclosing mineral resources must when the grade for a multiple commodity mineral resource is reported as a metal or mineral equivalent, report the individual grade of each metal or mineral and the metal price, recoveries, and any other relevant conversion factors used to estimate the metal or metal mineral equivalent grade. In other words, exploration companies, you cannot and you should not do it, and your QP should not sign off on a news release where which includes um, copper equivalents. And I know that it's, um, oh, it's what everybody else does, but it's not what I do and it's not what um, several other companies do. And I have um, had press releases, news releases knocked back by the, the QP that I was using because we tried to sneak in a copper equivalent. And it just is misleading. So please do not do it. And I I'm going to start to uh, name the companies that do it. And also, I'm going to start to name the QPs that permit this. And frankly, they're not doing their job if they allow this copper equivalent to be reported unless there are resources there and unless they're absolutely crystal clear about the payable returns for the metals, the recoveries, and the metal price assumptions being used. So, rant over, but it's really important. And we come straight into this week's highlights of the copper intercepts. And first up, we've got Double View Gold Corp. Now, last week, uh, they they had a, a good intercept, but I spoke about the fact that they were using um, copper equivalents. If you look at their their share price for the last five years, they're on a good tear. You know, this, this deposit is getting traction. They're getting some decent traction here. I went to the news release from the 24th of October. Actually, I think this this probably came out after the um, anyway. Anyway, um, so this this dates from the twenty fourth of October, and you can see here. Uh, interestingly, in the in the uh, in the introduction to this, they don't talk about metal equivalents straight up. And here, drill hole fifty eight of the return desk says four point four nine percent copper, point one eight gram gold, and and thirty three grams per ton scandium over one hundred and twenty six meters. Brilliant no use of metal equivalents. What we can see here is that it's a good copper grade and they've got some um, good scandium as well and, and a decent um, gold kicker. So that's fantastic. However, when you go into the guts of the news release or kind of a little bit further down, they start throwing in these copper equivalent numbers, which are com complete nonsense. Because if you look here, you know, 0.14% copper and they're reporting 
one over one percent copper equivalent, which means that this is not being driven by copper. So this is not a copper deposit. And again, here, 128 meters. Um, yes, okay, I've, I've, I've spoken about that. That's quite good. Um, but here we go, 421 meters at 0.05% um, copper. I mean, this is not a copper deposit. This is not good reporting. You should be very careful about this company if they are going to report like this. Any, and I couldn't match um, the, the algorithm figures, but that's fine. It may be a good scandium deposit. It may be a good scandium deposit. And if you're into scandium, go for it. I know nothing about scandium. But this should not be reported as a copper equivalent um, uh, figure. So, what would I like to see? I would like to see uh, the copper equivalents being dropped and these being reported by the metal. And it's it's not hard to do. And uh, as I said, this this project has got traction. So there are people that know about this project that like it. Um, and fair play to them. It may be a good deposit, but uh, it's not a copper deposit. Um, and metal equivalents should not be relied upon for future valuations that that's in their own notes to the to the to the news release i mean sure sure metal equivalents should not be relied upon for future evaluations and they should not be signed off by this um qp and they are not part of this um disclosure rules on the tsx sorry if i'm um, on a rant but it's it's frustrating next american eagle gold here we go this is interesting this is another company that's um, had a bit of traction, very small volume, and still on a tiny micro market capitalization, $21 million. But they've come off a low. Um, and this is just over the last 12 months. I mean, they've, they've, it's probably gone up 10 times from $0.02 cents to, to $0.20. Cents. Here we go. Straight into the top. American Eagle drills 900 meters of 0.5% copper equivalent. Uh -uh. You cannot do that. I know the guys behind this. This is um, uh, this is a really gr good group of people. I've interviewed the company. They've been on the Crux Investor platform. They're doing many, many things right. It's a clear presentation. It's a good company in many ways. Um, they put in um, sections. They put in drill core images, and they put in a new video. Many, many things I like. And then actual geology is is encouraging. This whole high copper content also stands out, accounting for over 70% of the reported copper equivalent grade. That's unnecessary. We don't need to have the copper equivalent grades. It doesn't help. It undermines the integrity of the reporting. Um, and they know that because they go on to say, um, assuming different recoveries is premature at this stage. And as such, an 80% recovery rate is justified at this point in time. It's not justified at this point in time. It's it's absolutely not justified because you haven't got the metallurgical test work, you haven't got the modifying factors around the economics, and it's directly in contravention of the TSX disclosure guidelines. So, minus points for reporting copper equivalent. However, the geology looks good. The company, it's an easy fix. The company has gone from $0.02 cents to $0.20 cents in a year. And at that market capitalization, it may go on to do great things. Um, so many things I like about this company and about the um, the geology that they're working. Uh, it's a very easy fix. Don't put copper equivalents in. Next, Kodiak Copper. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Another company. 
reporting copper equivalents. And these guys should know better. Um, it's Chris Taylor from Great Bear and um, Claudia. You know, they, they, Claudia, they, they really know, they know their stuff. What's interesting is that the, the share price graph over the last five years shows that they made a discovery, so to speak, kind of discovery hole, but the project has, um, it's, it's been very slow to yield its treasures, so to speak. It's been quite hard graft. And this is partly the function of geologists often go in and they drill the best anomaly um, in the first instance. And then it takes an awfully long time to work out the geology of the actual geology of the area. And th th there's copper all over this place. I mean, it's, it's, it's oozing copper. Now, interestingly there, if I come to this diagram over here, there the, the start of the journey was here at Gate. This is MPD project where they got some good intersections which related to this spike here. But they're actually pulling out some decent numbers from down here. Here we are kind of two or three years later. So actually they're getting some good interesting stuff here, but they've it's taken a long time to get there. Now, I'm not gonna to rant too much about the 0.58% copper equivalent or the point. 2.7% copper equivalent because you know my thoughts about that. Um, let's talk. focus on the the, the, the positives. So uh, they've they've changed their exploration method. They've found some 1.1% um, copper. Thank goodness we get the just the copper grade over 39 meters with points within 0.33 over 198 meters starting at 33 meters depth, which is a good thing. Um, you know, shallow better grades, 30, 40 meters at 1% copper really helps. And the best mineralized interval is 0.49% copper over 254 meters, which is good. Uh, when I look at um, these cross sections here, I can't quite work out what the the structures are uh, and whether this is, it feels to me that they're talking about um, sub-vertical features. Um, so it's really encouraging. I wouldn't say this is a new discovery yet, but I think they're beginning to unlock potentially controlling structures on uh, better mineralization or high-grade mineralization. Um, Chris Taylor says the West Zone is, um, you know, this is the new zone here. It's larger than previously thought. Um, and he describes it being an attractive complement to the deeper, higher-grade mineralization discovered at the gate zone. Um, and... Uh, Claudia Tornquist talks about the the true size potential of the district scale NPD project, which is another way of saying they've got a lot of low grade. Um, they've got to find some high grade. Um, and so this second high grade porphyry center, really they're looking for critical mass of high grade and they've got some at gate and they've got some at west. It's an ongoing work in progress. Um, and they're a really good company in the sense that they do good exploration and Chris and the team are smart. Um, the geology's got to give them a helping hand, you know, to turn that around and to really start hanging together some um, good strike and width continuity. So what would I like to see from this? We you know, what do they need to do? Obviously drop the copper equivalent nonsense, um, but that applies for many companies. And second, um, continue to drill out um, good intersections. And let's let's see if the, some of those cross-sections 
kind of hang together. So let's put build some strike potential to this. Um, so yeah, good luck to them. I mean, they're, 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 I hope they do well. Right, on to Galantis Gold, another minnow. Um, oh, I should have said that um, the, the, the market capitalization of Kodiak Copper is, is now $38 million, so they're very much in that junior category. Um, uh, Galantis Gold has got a London listing as well. Uh, I've, I've kept the numbers in uh, Canadian just for comparison. The London share price chart actually shows a little bit less lumpy um, uh, trading at the beginning. Um, but basically, it, it, it's, it's the same shape graph, although it's um, got more volume in the, in the early years. I think this is just a function of the listing in, in Canada catching up. Um, you can see from the share price chart that over the last four years, it's really gone sideways. Um, interesting drill results, though. You know, if you look at that, 34 meters at 1.87 grams per ton gold, 1.17 copper, 1.2% zinc, and 131 grams per ton cobalt. There you go. It's not that hard, is it? You don't need to put a copper equivalent in. It just looks good when you just put the numbers in. So, well done, Galantis Gold. Massive tick. They've obviously got a QP that is paying attention, whereas all the previous companies are letting things slide, which is not good. Um, right. I'm feeling as if I'm a bit spicy today. I've, I've, I've kind of had it with all of this nonsense. Um, <clears throat> but, okay, so... They've got new mineralization, a further 100 meters at depth, and they've got a mineralized trend with a strike of over a kilometer and to a depth of 250 meters. This is this is interesting. You know, these are um, good thicknesses, good grades, good strike length. This is really um, quite interesting. And then I look at the share price chart and I think, Ooh, hang on, this doesn't quite add up. What's going on? They've got the Omar project in or the Omar project in Ireland. They've got the Gaelic project in Scotland. And then I remember Scotland. Ah, yes. Then I look a little bit further down the news release and they said, for more information about historical drill holes referenced in figure one, see Glantz's news release dated the January the 26th, 20th, January, January the 26th of this year. And then I go back up to the to the earlier bit and it says, our first drill program at Gerlock continues to exceed management expectations. As a result from this fifth hole. Okay, so they've drilled five holes over the course of a year. So that's slow progress. And Scotland, of course, is a slow country to do work. But And then you look at the share price going sideways and you think, well, of course it's going sideways because it's taken them 10 months to drill five holes. I don't know what the, I don't know what the detail is on this. And then um, some of the language is, is quite strange. You know, so if you look at the highlights here, they go, um, new mineralization, a further 100 meters at depth, Recent historical drillings, mineralized trend with a strike of one kilometer and a depth of 250. And then three lines later, or four lines later, in the quote from the CEO, they're just repeating it. Mineralization has been drilled over an area of one kilometer and strike, 150 meters wide, into a depth of 250 meters. You know, on the front page, why repeat? This is bad, badly written stuff. And then, the, then it goes on to say, the company plans to conduct modern geophysics over the 10 kilometer long known mineralized belt well i mean you wouldn't go and do historic you know you wouldn't do kind of old school geophysics obviously you'd do modern geophysics i mean you'd do geophysics unless you're using a cowboy outfit is modern so it's it's funny the language uh is not it hasn't been um very well edited should we say but i like the fact that they are uh just reporting the metal figures 
it's in Scotland, so it's going to go slow. The geology is interesting. And then in terms of the go slow, it's mentioned here, Kerry Road was drilled in the 1970s, 9,189 meters drilled, and then green or gold, um, good guys, uh, did a bit of drilling there in 2018. Why they didn't continue capital markets, maybe it's slow in Scotland. So um, many good things, but this is a bit of a mixed bag. Um, what would I like to see from Galantis Gold? I would like to see an acceleration of their work program, capital permitting, of course, and um, better editing in their news release, but that's just a minor quibble. But um, many good things. Right. Excelsior Mining. This is interesting. Um, I, mean, I appreciate there's a lot of text on this page. Um, Excelsior Mining, $37 million market cap. Um, sick transit Gloria Mundi. It's been a hell of a chastening experience being a shareholder in Excelsior Mining. Not that I am one. Um, but the news release that they came out with that that was um, 130 meters at 0.7% copper uh, for grade meters of 91 that it's linked it, the, the information is in the depths of this news release which was published on the 16th of october but funny enough it, that wasn't what caught my eye first of all this is at the johnson camp which is a very different thing to the gunnison mine which has been giving us chelsea so many headaches and has been the cause of the share price decline so they've got the ongoing gunnison um, in situ recovery project, which hasn't met its technical expect, um, uh, um, uh, goals, and it, the, the 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 project has morphed, and they keep changing the the scope and the position and the plans, and uh, it's it's been a real headache, and that's been the result. That's been the cause of the share price decline. So, Gunnison has been a drag on the rations or a drag on the share price. Here we are, new story, so to speak, because um, the, actually the Newton joint venture, when I first looked at this, I thought, oh, when did they do that? And I found out that it was in July of this year, so it's, it's kind of quite recent. Um, the program is being funded by Newton, which of course is the, um, the Rio Tinto new uh, specialist leaching subsidiary. And they, 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 the quote here is quite useful. You know, where they're happy with the results of the stage one, phase two drilling um, with all holes finishing and mineralization and intersecting over uh, 200 feet true thickness, whatever that is in meters, it's probably 60 meters, um, with all lower intersections averaging over 50.55% um, total copper. And the results warrant some more drilling and mineralogical and metallurgical testing has also started. Good. Um, all 13 plant holes have been drilled using um, PQ. That's the Papa core. You know, that's the big stuff. That's for metallurgical. Um, they're, they're, so that's, that's serious drilling. Yeah. And they're looking for metallurgical um, uh, test work. So then I went from this. I, I, funny enough, I wasn't so much interested in the assay results because of the... Um, problems with Gunnison. I just wanted to understand the joint venture a bit more. Um, I went to that news release and I can see that Newton will give a $3 million prepayment to Excelsior for stage one costs and then a bullet payment of $2 million for an exclusive option to form a joint venture and 
stage one is expected to last until the end of this year, possibly into early next year. And if it goes into stage two, Newton will pay $5 million to Excelsior for the use of existing infrastructure. So this is all really useful non-dilutive financing for Excelsior. Um, and then Newton will um, pay for all of the Excelsior's costs. And I had to kind of keep going, keep going, keep going. It's anticipated to take up to five years, but mining is expected to commence in year one. Okay, so um, they're going to start mining early and revenues from the operations will first be used to pay back stage two costs to Newton and will then be credited to Excelsior's account. Now, given that five years is going to involve engineering, mobilization, infrastructure, construction, mining, leaching, and copper production, and post-leach rinsing, it'll be interesting to see if there's any free cash flow coming out within the next six years. I don't know. This, these are the, the, uh, So what I'd really like to see from Excelsior is a kind of a breakdown of the, uh, the revenue flow and the costs so that we can, as an investor, it'd be really useful to know when this might be generating free cash flow for Excelsior. And then the other thing that we really need to know is what's happening with Gunnison. And I, um, I had a look at the um, very recent uh, update, corporate update, and they, they mentioned just here that um, trials and further test work are planned for next year um, as long as the funds are available. So it, I, it doesn't feel as if Gunnison is resolved yet. And it could still uh, chew up some more money. So um, I think what I'd really like to see from Excelsior is some more clarity on how they're going to finance the next year or two or three or four. So there we go. Um, right, next. Anglo, oh, sorry, American Pacific Mining. Very nice website. Um, I looked at the share price chart. And over five years, it's pretty much gone sideways. Interestingly, it's kind of had a pretty rough old ride for the last two or three years there was some great hope and um excitement generated i'm not sure about what and then it's all been given back to shareholders um i say i'm not sure about what because if you go through the news releases of american pacific mining as i did there are a lot of new projects a lot of acquisitions it's it's a kind of a it feels quite um corporate brokey not corporate brokey corporate financy approach to life you know we'll pick up this project and we'll We'll do some financial engineering, and we'll we'll do a deal, and we'll trade, and we'll swap. And so I I, I didn't have the the time to go into all of the um, assets because the one that was reported as being a result this week was an intersection of twenty three point four meters at one point seven eight percent copper for forty two um, um, meters percent. British Columbia, it's a VMS deposit. Um, quite far up the west coast uh, Yukon area um, <clears throat> and the highlights were 23.4 meters of 1.78% copper and 13.73% zinc with elevated gold, silver and barite values fantastic look at that no copper equivalents tick these guys go up in my estimation fantastic stuff um, and then they go on to say the assay results from the initial infill dry mineral holes are encouraging and support the mineral resource definition in the south wall. Great. They also include two really nice cross sections. Um, this one is for 
uh, zinc grade, and this is for copper grade. Uh, very good work. I like that very much. Um, and then I could read that it's being funded by their partner, Dower. It was actually quite hard for me to find on the website and in the news releases the relationship between Dower and uh, American Pacific. And I eventually found on their website, they say Dower earned a 49% in Palmer by spending $22 million from 2013 to 2016. And that's, you know, that's 10 years ago. And they retain a 51%, uh, sorry, American Pacific retained 51%. Um, in 2021, Palmer went to 55%. So American Pacific's got 45%. And then in the summer, they talk about the funding program, the work program for 2023 being $25 million and it being diluted on a pro rata basis from here on in. So what I'd like to see, what I don't understand is what the ownership of this is going to be by the end of the year. Um, but quite interesting. But clearly the market has got some issues over you know, what the development plans are for this project. So um, interesting. I really like the way they reported their drill results. And it'll be interesting to see where the ownership structure lands um, on Palmer and what the plan is going forward. And um, at some stage, I'll probably get around to trying to understand what the rest of the company is because there's so many projects. I don't know how they're going to finance that and what the, what the plan is there. So that's homework for me to do in the future and for you if you're interested in this company. Right. On to the last um, company of the week, Decade Resources, $16 million market capitalization. One look at this share price chart will tell you that it has been a pretty dormant company for a long time. It's very blocky trades. Um, very, very low liquidity, trades by appointment. I went to the website and it looks quite nice. Um, the president of the company graduated 50 years ago. Um, so it must be getting on in age. Um, not that I'm ageist. However, the the news release feels very, very geologically heavy. And that's fine. Um but that's just something to kind of to, to keep in mind. Interestingly, look at this. Just recently, in the last few months, the company has got volume and it's got traction on the share price. And I think it's probably related to this drilling program. And decade confirms the discovery confirms discovery on the nobody knows copper project and updates surface exploration. Now I'm always cautious about the word discovery because really you only know it's a discovery once you've got a resource and it looks like it's being economic. But many, many good things. So the project stretches from um, 10 to 40 air kilometers east of Terrace, BC, which tells me that they are very much thinking like a helicopter um, pilot. So this is heli-supported. This is remote. However, the, dr the drilling continues to intersect copper sulfides in felsic volcanic flow rocks. Primary sulfides are bornite with minor chalcosite and covalite, as well as chalcopyrite. Bornite's the good stuff, as is chalcosite. Um, copper mineralization has been outlonged along 200 meters of strike and to a depth of 250 meters. This is, and drilling has shown an increase in bornite with depth. This is a good sign. Bornite, normally you're kind of quite close to the, or you're kind of onto some pretty 
pumped system. Um, and then the first time that they mention it, sediment-hosted copper systems. Okay, so this isn't an intruder related. We're not looking at kind of um, those geometries. These are sediment-hosted, so we need to understand the, the, the geometry of the beds. Um, drilling has tested four different zones with 3,000 meters completed in 26 holes. I didn't quite understand that. And they then talk about copper ground-up copper mineralization in the fault gouge. It's been sheared. So, um, you know, the mineraliz mineralization pro obviously predates some of the structural uh, events. The, I mean, obviously, there, was, there might have been deformation beforehand, but there's certainly been post-mineral deformation as well. And these, these intercepts, you know, 27 meters at 0.84% um, copper. I like it. I like it. I like it. Really interesting. I don't like the fact that they bother putting a copper equivalent in there because that's a uh, distraction. Tiny company. Interestingly, they didn't put any cross-sections into their um, news release. And if you're in a sediment-hosted uh, deposit, cross-sections, please. Where are your cross-sections? There is a nice map. So what do I like? I like the fact that it's got bornite in and that the mineralization looks kind of quite pumped. Quite excited about a um, sediment hosted because you can, if the thickness is right, you can get good grades over um, significant lateral uh, extent. So good down dip continuity and possibly over strike as well. So there's, there's a sediment hosted system can potentially have a lot of scale, which is good. It's interesting to see that there's traction in the share price, even though the market cap is still micro cap. Please don't bother putting in the copper equivalent. Please give us some cross sections and perhaps come and talk to me. I'd like to know more about this company. I'd like to know more about this project. So um, um, it's not a no. It's not quite a yes yet, but um, it's interesting. There, there, there's there are little things here to pique one's interest. So there we go. That is the roundup of the great and the good for this week. Um, see you next week. Thank you very much.